0: Yo, what's going on everyone? You got the 7-2 Mindset Investor here. Just wanted to share a podcast I was on with Sharon Land. She actually has an amazing podcast. Really, really cool with some amazing guests all about the holistic approach. Um, And her podcast is called Unlock Your Innerverse, which I just love that title. So Sharon Land and we got into a deep dive where she puts me on the hot seat on this episode and talking about investing in your mind and investing in your choices and creating your own success. As you all know, I'm a firm believer that we all have to stop searching for who we think we are and then instead have to create who we want to become. So looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Take care. And how many people are living in this survival camp are living in this hindsight bias and self-serving bias? Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are thriving are the ones that are playing the odds for betting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so right.
1: and so right. so, in a different language, it basically is getting in tune with your true self and your intuition, right? And the intuition is something that, usually comes in in a whisper as opposed to a big, loud, booming yes. voice. And it's also something that doesn't always really make sense for your current circumstances as yes. you logically look at it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and and the compound effect of not listening to what we should be hearing, because let's talk about surviving. Surviving is we only see what we want to see. We only hear what we want to hear and feel what we want to feel.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so when you say that, it's so true because that's when you have that enlightenment and what I call the self-awareness. But self-awareness is garbage if you don't have self-acceptance. And self-acceptance is pointless if you don't have self-regulation.
1: Correct. Yes, 100%. You're speaking my language. so. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thrive with Sharon Podcast. And once again, every single week, I am always excited because I continue to meet these incredible human beings. And today is no exception because I have Mark Smith, and he actually has been called by Tim story, Canada's number one mindset investor, which is an incredible compliment. And I can't wait to dig into that and how you came to that title um, but, Mark, I just want to welcome you to the show, and i am really excited to talk about your story as well and some of the ways that you're serving. So, thank you so much for coming and welcome.
0: Thank you for having me i'm 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 super excited,
1: yeah. well, I'm glad i i I was so excited when you reached out because I think that we somehow connected on Emilio Estevas page, right?
0: Oh, Peter. Yeah. Peter. I'm sorry.
1: Peter I I always say Emilio for whatever reason It's probably because I'm going back to the 1980s with that, my favorite actor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. And, and from there, we just kind of, you know, followed each other along a little bit. And I just find what you do is really, really exciting and really inspirational. Um, So, you know, mindset investment and, you know, I know that there's got to be then a story behind that. So tell me, tell me about the reason why you decided to go in that lane.
0: Absolutely. No, I'd love to. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's, I think it's, what's fascinating is that as we work at a higher vibration level, we tend to attract other high frequency uh, individuals and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's destined to be. Um, so this is how we got connected, and uh, the conduit was, of course, Peter Espez. That is a high vibration level. Um, so yeah. So where did the mindset investor piece really come in from? And I'm I'm going to take this in two different paths. So um, number one is why mindset investor. Um, you know, there's real estate investors, there's stock investors, there's other investors out there, and as I talk about my journey. I quickly came to realize that the only return on investment I have control over is my mindset Mm -hmm. because the brain can only see what the mind sees. The brain is there to serve the mind. And if I'm not investing in my mind, the complexity and the the performance of a brain, it it needs that. Mm -hmm. And so I made a a bold proclamation about a year ago, uh, actually a year and a half ago that I would invest $1 million into my mindset. and a lot of people thought I was nuts. And I said, I am nuts. Uh, and I said, uh, so I made a proclamation of investing $1 million into my mindset. And thus far I've invested just uh, short of $300,000 into my mindset, because again, it's the only return on investment I have control over. Mm. And when we invest in our mindset and we can push on our growth and like, you know, the brain is plastics, the brain, the brain is the only organ in the body that we want to grow as we get older. Other organs we don't want to we want we don't want the heart to be enlarged we don't want the kidney to be enlarged and so forth mm-hmm. but our brain it's there and there's so much that's dormant and we just need to create those sin masses and the neurons start firing with the acetylcholine and then what we're doing is we're growing from that we're growing that and it's being pushed on our experience and we're becoming uncomfortable that becomes to become comfortable then we got to become uncomfortable again and it yeah. just and and that's that's really the evolution of what the mindset investor piece comes in because. I've quickly realized, and when we talk about my past, is that the reason why I want to invest $1 million in my mindset is because I want to pour in myself so I can pour into others. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's about scale. And by me doing that, I can invest into, I can pour into the world. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that and that's really what's really important to me. And, but really, where it all starts, it, it, it you know it starts at a very you know it started uh, back uh, when i finished uh, college and university and so um you know i had a typical upbringing parents came from uh, east africa uh, you know immigrant family um i was born and raised in in canada um you know everything was a hustle my parents worked multiple jobs they brought us they 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 chose to move to north america because for you know when they had children and um so the pathway I took was that whole herd mentality, because that's what you do when you're in survival mode. What do we do? We go with the herd. It's, mm. we don't want to expand energy. Ooh. Um, and so with going with the herd mentality was to get post-secondary education. Um, I was, you know, the plan was due to do medicine. Um, I got burnt out prior to getting in, going into med school. So I took a, a little curveball and I decided to do respiratory therapy. And what respiratory therapy is a very specialized program, which specializes in cardiopulmonary. So the heart and the lungs. Yeah. Um, so it's really controlling one's breathing and one's circulation, how they go, how they coexist. So if you look at all of that ICU ventilators or life support machines, that was our specialty. That was my specialty. So I gra- I started doing this in my, in, I think it was when I was 19 years old, 20 years old and What happened was is I worked in neonatal intensive care. I worked in pediatric intensive care and I worked in adult intensive care. Mm. And in my short three, three to four months, I ended up killing seven people.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: So, you know, in these environments, you're dealing with some of the sickest individuals. Mm. And although it's the family that ultimately makes the decision to turn off life support, I was the grim reaper because I was the one tasked with turning on, turning off the life support. I was the one turning off their life. And what happened was, is it didn't happen all the time, but it happened a a couple times where, you know, I I ended the life of a a 14-day-old child, um, a seven-year-old child. To have a mother yell and scream at you and slap you on your chest and 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 slap you and hit you, Um, having a father threaten you and spit in your face, and having to be, expor- ex- uh, you know, escorted to your car, I was 20 years old. Wow. And, you know, uh, you know we'd go to the bar with my friends, and they would want to go and party, and I'd want to sit in the corner and just want to drink, because I, I, I had no way of unpacking. At 20 years old, yeah. I mean, I'm still a child. I don't know. You're right. And at that time, they don't have programs for post-traumatic stress disorder, or having a debrief on how someone feels about doing these things. And I, I don't even think they even still do. Um, and what that like? So at that moment, um, I knew I felt really helpless. Is what it came down to, because like I, I want to help these people, but I feel helpless. Mm. And so opportunity knocked, and I got into high ticket sales of medical devices. And, and ironically enough, I used to sell ICU ventilators up until like with the whole COVID. I was selling ICU ventilators until March of last year, and it was. Great for me because I could push and start helping the profession, helping the industry with the new technology. But in healthcare, um, if you want to change anything, you're going to make enemies. Um, and people yeah. ask me what I did for a living. And I say, I stand in line to get my face slapped. That's what would happen because it's change. <laughs> um, Right. <laughs> <It's>
1: so, oh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I think that that's really just a press pause for a second, because there's so many things that I'm hearing that I'm like, oh, we have to pick up on that. But yeah, I think that the ultimate thing is that to set up the expectation that when change occurs, there's going to be resistance. And I don't think that we really I think we always think about the fact that change is something where we're just It's an automatic upscale, right? It's just an up level, right? So we go from one medium-sized house to a small to a bigger house. We go from one, you know, car that has a medium luxury items to a higher luxury item, and it's just the seamless ease. And sometimes that's not the case when you are surrounded by people who are very committed to things being the way that they are.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and the key thing is that we all have to take inventory of ourselves. We have to take stock of what's happening in our lives. And, mm. and, and through this, you know, I lived a life where I was in high ticket sales. I ended up moving to Chicago area, very, very successful, monetarily wise and so forth on the outside. Someone will look and say, man, this guy has it figured out. He has a 4,000 square foot home. He's living life bottles of Cristal. Like there's, there's a lot going on, but in actual fact, um, I was a broken human being on the inside and all that stuff was simply compensating because I didn't unpack what transpired before. And so the issue was is it, it, sorry so I didn't fix myself and that translated to more madness and chaos in other areas of my life. Uh I had yes. a marital break had a marital breakdown um and through that marital breakdown I I've, I've spoken publicly about I was I was throwing the atomic bomb of divorce cases where I'd been traveling and I came back to find the the police had been called and there was allegations of domestic violence. Um, and, uh, there was zero discretion. I didn't have a leg to stand on. And I had to face the music with that, which is really sad because there's a lot of females today, um, that are in domestic abuse relationships where no one believes them. And on this side I was taken in and I was, you know, and fortunately, um, all the charges were dropped um, had, had a female judge and she said, go home. You've been through enough, sir. Um, you know, my kids witnessed, uh, uh, um, you know, self-induced bruising, we'll call it that. And then those pictures were flooded to my friends and everybody. And I was left by myself. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I did spend a night behind bars. Uh, and, mm. you know, a lot of people say, I can't believe I went through that and so forth. But, you know, in retrospect, it was the best that could have happened to me because we are at that low point. I mean, what's the difference between being in a, in a jail cell that's all concrete walls or being in a coffin? It's the same. And it's mm-hmm. the same feeling. So at that moment in time, I had to make a choice. And I said, stop being a victim. Start being a victor. Stop blaming others. Time to take time to start blaming yourself. You caused all this. You did this. And that's mm-hmm. when it just unleashed. And because once we take ownership of responsibility, uh, our, our, we take, we, understand or accept our vulnerability is when we Mm -hmm. release our superpower.
1: Right. Oh, a hundred percent. And I just want to say that, you know, that metaphorical place that you were at in the, in the literal as well, it was, one was reflecting what was already in you, Yes. right? You were, you were literally dying inside.
0: Yes, absolutely. Right. And absolutely. Well, I, I was dying even before that because I, my ego was so big, it wouldn't fit through mm-hmm. that door. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I had to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I had to be the one standing on stages. I had to be the one everybody looked at. Yeah. But by being in these rooms, I was just decaying myself because I wasn't growing. So I was dying.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, and, you know, so what happened was is as I, I hit these, these really bad spots in my life, Um, and then, you know, with self-signaling, I came up with the seven, two, which is in front of me right here.
1: Um, yeah, I was curious about that.
0: How did you came up with that? So the seven, two has really evolved into a a movement and I get people me saying I got seven, two, Tim story loves it. Um, so the seven, two is the worst possible hand in poker. Someone's going to play poker. I'm not a professional poker player. I used to play (laughs) with my buddies, but you get a seven card, you get a two card. It's the worst possible hand in poker. And in poker, you get that seven 2 hand, you're going to want to fold that hand because on the, you're, going to, you're, going to, you're going to fail. But in life, we can't control the hand you're dealt, we can control how you play that hand. Mm-hmm. I, I, had no, I had a bad hand, but I had multiple bad hands that kept unfolding in my life, kept unfolding in my life. And it was that one moment, I mean, Nadji also said, enough's enough, I'm going to play this bad hand. Mm-hmm. And instead of just folding that hand, could have gone and picked up a Glock, put it between my ears didn't do it. But I played that bad hand. And when I did that, it changed the trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on my podcast, I've had some phenomenal guests and I ask each and everyone, what was your seven, two moment. And every successful individual has a seven, two moment that sticks out for them where at their lowest point and they could have folded, but they opted to play the odds. And they yes. are where they are today. Yeah, and, I
1: completely, and I completely agree with that. I really, really do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say it's kind of like the wound that becomes the womb that births you into your true soul purpose,
0: yes. right? Yes, um, yes. But it's not Absolutely. like a light switch, though.
1: It's definitely not it's a not. light switch moment.
0: Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a process, and you know, greatness is a process, and, and yes. from that journey, I knew I needed to invest. So the old me, which was. I thought I was being selfless, but in actual fact, I was being selfish, selfless, meaning <laughs> what do people think about me? How am I viewed? And, and so forth. So it became very, it just affected my ego. And mm-hmm. until I went on the spiritual journey, realizing I need to be selfish in order to be selfless. So I need mm-hmm. to invest in my mindset. Mm-hmm. I need to be selfish. And yeah. put my own auction mask on first. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No. And I was just going to say, I, I, so sometimes I think that that, that word people go when they say selfish. Right. Um, and so sometimes I say it's selfhood, right? Yes. So there's a difference between, um, you know, being self-serving and only doing things because you have this ultimate emptiness inside that is never going to be satiated. So you like you said for you it was needing that external validation, wanting to be the most, you know, the smartest, the most powerful, the most, you know, impactful person in the room. Um and for others like myself, my part of my story was like I was so programmed and groomed to be a martyr, right? So that is that's just as damaging. Sure. And either yes. one, either one is Definitely something that we have to get to the point where we start to fill our own cup. We have to learn how to satiate ourselves first, choosing to be selfish, choosing to take out time for yourself with like, basically it's, it's really interesting because, you know, I know that you said you started a spiritual journey that was kind of the the turning point for you Was you just had right. to really go inward to go and, and go upward to go inward. Right. Of course. Um, so in my, in my practice and in my life, I have from a very, very young age, um, studied and practiced many, many different types of spirituality and religions. And because I was really called to want to understand them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, so One of those is, um, the universal Kabbalah. And in that, um, the, the first premise in any type of abundance is the first thing is we have to think about the fact that we are connected to something bigger and greater than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then the next is that think about ultimately the end goal being that you want to give, right. Right. That you want to give, and then you ask, and then you give to yourself. And then it's just this free flowing cycle. You become the instrument where things just flow through you. Uh, and it's not always easy because it takes, it takes mindset. It takes action. It takes being comfortable in the pause. It takes all of those things. Right. Um, and also the time of creation, which that, that creative aspect, I think, I don't know for you, was that was that challenging to be able oh. to yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely because now what happens is is that when because everything's a choice and when you when we choose to to take this this spiritual path we have to you know there's a saying to get the life you want you're going to have to give up your current life <laughs> and there's going to be some real tough decisions and I tell people this is that, are you willing to make these tough decisions? Are you willing to purge your environment? Are you willing, you know, because this is a quest, right? So, and I, I ask people this question all the time, Sharon, I said, if you have a choice, you have a choice here. You can either choose happiness or you can choose the truth, you know? And for me, happiness is just, it's like a, and I say this with the utmost respect for those that are listening it's like a cheap crack. It's like a cheap dopamine fix. I want happiness. I'll go eat a cookie. Okay, great. I get that buzz and that's it. But it's not sustainable unless I continue eating those cookies. And what is the result of that? And what happens with that is simply dealing with what I call temporal discounting is taking something and sacrificing the future versus choosing the truth. But for me, that is content.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Right. It's about being content. I'd rather know the truth than be this false positive of being happy. Cause I live that. I, I I'm a, I'm a case study of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and there was something that, you know, we had talked about before. And as you talk about your top, you know, the, 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 the title of your podcast about thrive, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I go back to when I was in that, in that, in, in that jail cell, that was my cocoon. I felt safe. But in, it was, you know, in those 14 hours, I was there. It's like that moment where the caterpillar is trans, transforming into the butterfly. You yeah. can't open the cocoon because the butterfly won't survive. Many butterflies or caterpillars will not survive that, trans, that metamorphosis or transformation in that period of time. There's so much vibration and there's so much stress. So when the wings break out, they break out. Right. And that's, that's, you go from surviving to thriving Mm. because people are too afraid to get out of their cocoon.
1: Yeah. Or they don't understand that the, the, the feelings that are associated with being in the cocoon.
0: Right.
1: And so they want to go back to what they knew because we're so wired for sameness. Right. So even though our normal was, you know, in your case, and even like in my case was toxic and unhealthy, right? It was what we knew and we had this thought that we could control it.
0: Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and there's something you said before, which really comes into play there, right? Which is our self-serving bias. Yes. It's a self-serving bias. And that's how most people are surviving is that's how they do their own justification. There's a term in poker that I bring into life a lot, which is resulting. And what resulting is, is equating the power of one, sorry, equating the quality of one's decisions based on the quality of the results. Ah, uh-huh. okay. So I'll give you an example of that. Um, and there's an example in this book, Thinking in Bets by, by Anne Frank, Annie Frank, which is um, there was, uh, I think it was the Seattle Seahawks were playing the Patriots in a Super Bowl. And there was, I think, four seconds left on the clock or something like that. Um, and Carol, the coach of the Seahawks actually had to make a decision. Do they go for the run or do they go for a pass? And he was betting on the odds and his odds were, I'm going to pass the ball. And they're, they're like second and goal or whatever it is. And he made a decision and the decision was, is to pass. And what happened is it was intercepted. So resulting was equating the quality of his decision based on results. So it got intercepted. So the quality of his decision was a bad decision. But in retrospect, because he bet on the odds, if the Seahawks would have caught that ball, they would have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So the quality of that decision would have been the complete polar opposite to what people think about. And that's what people do in our life, right? And then we have the other side of that too, which is our decision-making, which is our, our, the hindsight bias. The hindsight bias is we, we will make a decision based on the outcome. So what that means is, I told you so. I told you so we wait for the outcome and then we make a decision based on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many people are living in this survival camp are living in this hindsight bias and self-serving bias. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are thriving are the ones that are playing the odds They're betting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- right.
1: And so, so in a different language, it basically is, getting in tune with your true self and your intuition, right? And the intuition is something that usually comes in in a whisper, as opposed to a big, loud, booming voice. And it's also something that doesn't always really make sense for your current circumstances as you logically look at it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And and, and the compound effect of not listening to what we should be hearing, because let's talk about surviving. Surviving is we only see what we want to see. We only hear what we want to hear and feel what we want to feel.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Um, And so when you say that, it's so true because that's when you have that enlightenment. Yeah. And what I call the self-awareness. But self-awareness is garbage if you don't have self-acceptance. And self-acceptance is pointless if you don't have self-regulation.
1: Correct. Yes, 100%. You're speaking my language, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so tell me how you came into that. So this is, I mean, it's, it's perfect. And I, what I'm, what I'm getting out of this is the fact that you just followed your own intuition to all of these places and spaces. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's uh yeah, it was uh, I love that question. And I, I, I'm, I love parallels or, and metaphors. So <clears throat> two, I'll give you, is one i remember it was in elementary school one of the science projects we went to the science camp and they would actually screw a light bulb onto the, the end of a bike and you had to pedal and the harder you pedaled the light would turn on uh-huh. as soon as you yeah. go down the light would dimmer that's us in this journey your purpose that light is only going to shine with the amount of work you put into it mm. but the moment you take it for granted what happens it goes down it dimmers right? mm. And then, you know, I had this amazing guest on my podcast. His name is Samarjit Singh. He's one of the top speakers in India. And he said, it's like walking down a long pathway, like a hallway. And you have, as you move, a light turns on. So it's like, ah, but it's still mm-hmm. darkest in front of you. Mm-hmm. you. Keep on walking. The next light turns on. And that is the process of it. And I tell people on this journey, we're seeking clarity and you will get clarity for a second but then it gets cloudy very quickly because now we're going to be asking even harder questions. Yes. Because we're seeking the truth. What's behind door number 4? What's behind? And it's that level of curiosity.
1: Yes. And, and and it gets more complex even though it's more simple as we go forward because the more that we grow in my opinion, the more that we grow the less that we really realize that we need and the more in our lives we can appreciate and be grateful for. Yes. So there's this like win, win kind of a momentum that starts to happen uh, where we can literally survive on very, very little yet also be open to all of the abundance that the world and the universe has to offer. Right. Realize that we are just an instrument for things to flow through us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does, it does get challenging because the more that we grow, the more that, and I call it like the spiral staircase, right? So we we're constantly greeting ourselves and seeing ourselves on different timelines on the spiral staircase. Right. So, um, and we get more and more into the unknown, even though Mm -hmm. in the beginning it's, it's unknown because you can't see, but it's kind of still a little, there's a little bit familiarity, you know, Mm but, but it's kind of, uh, to me, that analogy that you gave with the hallway is the same one that I think of when it comes to like driving your car, right? We don't get really super nervous driving our car because we can't see a mile ahead of us, right? Uh, at night, our headlights shine as much as we need to see in front of mm-hmm. us. And we're aware. And if we're present, you know, um, we can really take in more of the journey, right? Sure. Um, it's definitely more scary if we're driving without our headlights on but our headlights can really truly be our innate intelligence it can be something that it's that it's that 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 third eye seeing as opposed to us having to have that tangible thing in front of us that we can name it and describe it exactly or know what it feels like or whatever it might be because the beauty is that we're really here to experience things that we haven't experienced before. Um, so holding on though, and the grips that people can hold on to can be pretty intense. Um, I'm yes. sure in your work, you encounter that. I know in my work, I encounter that. And I personally encountered that too. Um, I thought I was like a really big risk taker, but then at the same time I looked and I was like, my world was so small, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So, Absolutely. um, so, yeah, it's so. So, what does that look like for you? How do you, how would you help to guide people? And how did you also work through it yourself to really take those faith filled steps?
0: You know what? You don't, like that old saying is, you don't know what you don't know. You can't see what you can't see. And I lived, like I said, my thing was I only looked at what I wanted to see. I only heard what I wanted to hear. I only felt what I wanted to feel. Um, and so, through this, It was getting the right mentors. It was shedding that skin of saying, um, I'm, you know, I, I, instead of saying I need to be the smartest person in the room, I love being the dumbest person in the room. I love it. I love it. There's, I want to have that, that shirt. I'm the dumbest person in the room. I love that because I take pride in that because it just goes to show me how much more I could learn. And um, so it was getting the right mentors because for me, the getting mentors, it compressed time. I could rely on their wisdom through their experiences. Um, You know, everybody has a mentor and it's their GPS and their phone. You know, they take it, they they put on their GPS. I want to go to whatever address and the GPS is telling them, Hey, there's construction ahead. There's this ahead. Uh, You know, turn right here or take this shortcut because this is going to shorten your, 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 your drive. But how many people, and I'm guilty of this too, where, the Google lady I'll call her says, turn right. I look at, and I said, there's traffic there. I'm not going to go. I'm going to keep on going straight. What ends up happening? I'm late. I'm anxious. (laughs) The mentor was right. So, you know, so that's, so for me, it was, this is where the whole mindset investor aspect came, came from. It said, I need to invest in myself. I need to be the dumbest person in the room. I need to be in the smallest rooms possible. Um, and, and it basically what they did is it, uh, it became a springboard.
1: Yeah. And I love what you said that working with the mentor compresses time. That is so powerful, mm-hmm. really powerful. Yeah. And, and to your point that going back to your false self, right. The, the, the part where you were really not living in your truth, um, I'm sure that there was a lot of resistance potentially to working with the mentor. Right. Easily because that would mean that you didn't know everything.
0: Bingo. Absolutely. hundred percent. That was, that was the big thing is like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And I I didn't want to admit that to anybody because,
1: because that was like your biggest fear.
0: That was, that was my costume.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's so incredible. So now you must have the greatest spidey senses ever.
0: It's, it, it's, I won't say greatest, but they're more in tune and I'm always sharpening them. And Especially, how do I, and how I'm do I sorry. sharpen them? No, and how do I keep on sharpening them? Is I keep on investing in myself? You know, yes. there's a thing, you know, and that's the thing about, I tell people is like, in my opinion, now just simply, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a master in something because as soon as you become a master, you're not learning anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's about mastery. Yes. It's about mastery and it's, you know, continue sharpening at X, continue sharpening, like as Abraham Lincoln used to say. Um, And for me that this is, you know, like Peter, Peter Estevez says, greatness is a process. Mastery is a process and it's a continuous lifetime pursuit. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to. So I'm, I'm obsessed with this pursuit. I'm obsessed on what little things I can do. You know, like I have my mentors. I've written a book. I, you know, I have my morning routine. I have my evening routine. I'm working on my spirituality. I'm working on my faith. I'm working on my health. Um, you know, um, I, I, I'm so dialed in. I said, I want to seek more answers. So I signed up to, just to learn more what NLP is. So I'm doing neuro linguistic programming right now, so I can understand better. So I can I can you know pour into others.
1: Yes. I, gosh, we're like so parallel. It's so it's, it's incredible how just our vibrational patterning works. Right. So that's exactly how my journey was in the sense that I wanted to make sure that wherever I went in my serving, that I was a safe regulated place for someone. And that a, that means that I'm taking care of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. that i'm surrounding myself with people who can support me and see my mm-hmm. vision and mm-hmm. help me to move beyond where my, i am now mm-hmm. um and then the other thing is to really study all of the different ways that we can help individuals because it's not about me it's about where they are it's about meeting them where they are so that we can help them in the way that they need right, right. and of course we can't know everything and do everything and if it's driven by the fact that you want to be the person with the most acronyms next to your name, then obviously the vibration is going to be, it's going to be from that lack. But if you're doing it from, it's just the mindset, right? If you're doing it from a place of, I want to be able to serve bigger, better, greater, and I want to continue to expand my own awareness and my own knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. And you get that you get the feedback from the
0: universe. Yes, you do. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, I'm a firm believer that we make our own luck. Mm. We make our own luck. Right?
1: Yeah. Tell me about that.
0: Well, doing daily consistent actions. I mean, you know, I look at where my journey is today is I made my own luck. I had to look at myself in the mirror and I had to basically bulldoze everything that was there. So to create that luck, right? So I think, the other thing as well, which is very important is there's so one can make a decision and then you have your outcome, but there should be so many different outcomes. It's like looking at a tree and this is part of that, uh, Annie Frank's book is you can look at a tree, you got the trunk is what we know, but all the twigs and all the branches are going everywhere. Those are all different outcomes. The, this, the, the, the space in between making a decision and the outcome for all of us is luck. I could buy a house and the outcome is I can, you know, I'm, I'm getting a house or I'm going to make money from a house, but luck can come in saying there could be asbestos in there as an example. So making my luck is by doing my due diligence on things, making sure I'm certain we're playing the odds that ensure I have better luck on my decision. Mm-hmm. For example, if I before I get into a relationship with the business partner, I could just play the odds of luck. So here's my decision. I'm going to go in business with X, Y, Z. I I do the outcome. It, it goes poorly. I can say it's bad luck. No, I made my own luck because I didn't do my due diligence. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? So for, for myself, going through this journey and investing in myself, I'm playing the odds that the more I invest in myself, the greater the outcome will be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are good odds to play. Mm -hmm. very, very good odds to play. So you literally are the poster child of going from surviving to thriving. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, like many of us, uh, our journey isn't one where we were walking down the street one day and some terrible thing just dropped out of the sky. And we had this traumatic event. It was a culmination of false beliefs false programming and a lot of choices Yes, and not realizing that we were making those choices because we were so stuck chasing that carrot at the end of the stick that we ultimately were conditioned to want to chase. Like you had mentioned before. So there's, there's a tipping point, right? There's always a tipping point that we find ourselves in and Mm -hmm. it's always different for different, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately, it's one where we do find that we have to empty the vessel. And so, for you, it was that 14 hours in jail, right? Where you were emptying your vessel. And that was that moment where you decided to make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And that you realized that you had more choices and that there was personal responsibility mm-hmm. in every single thing that you did, regardless as to how terrible everybody was that was around you or people mm-hmm. who were surrounding you were right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's a huge, huge pill to swallow. It's incredible that, I mean, I'm, I i do not know because I haven't been in that kind of a position, but I've been in a position where, you know, I pretty much, it was me and whatever I owned in my car and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so it humility is one of the most beautiful gifts that we could ever allow ourselves to feel and you said vulnerability right so i equate humility and vulnerability i put it Absolutely. in the same family um so what what was your biggest aha when you went when you said oh you know how you were talking about hindsight and that moment where you were like you know, and you, you make choices. You decided mm-hmm. from that point in jail, you made these choices. You made the choices to change your life around. But of course, in the doing, we don't get the hit of like, yep, you're doing that right. Yep. Keep going. Yep. You know, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I got to mm-hmm. do something different. Right. Um, That where was it where you were able to stop, pause and look and be like, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, there wasn't one moment cause it's every day, Yeah, every day. And it's practice of gratitude. Mm. It's every day. I'm grateful. I mean, you know, every day it's like, we talked about that, uh, you know, the headlight analogy you gave or, you know, talking about walking down a hallway and the light turns on and it's like, wow, I'm excited what the next day brings because every conversation I have with someone is aha moment.
1: Yeah. So true. Hmm. So true. Yeah. I can just, I, I can, I feel that it's so authentic for you. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is this is something that is coming from within. And that's that's so beautiful. It really, really is.
0: It's it, it was um a game changer for me when, and it was uh it was Jim Quick that wrote in his book. Um, oh camera's book, but he talked about, you know, about taking ownership and about taking responsibility. And, you know, he, he talks about Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and he's with his uncle, Ben, and uncle Ben tells him that with great power comes great responsibility. But Jim quick's assessment of that is when we take ownership, take responsibility, um, really what it comes down to, it comes down to with great responsibility comes great power. Mm. And I have found that my vulnerability is my superpower. And what I'm trying to do when I'm speaking to people is show show them that there is value in being vulnerable. And the more vulnerable you are, the more value you provide.
1: I think that's so powerful. And I especially think it's powerful, Mark, because you are a man.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And... Um, the journey of the masculine is very different than the journey of the feminine in many, many different ways. And to be able to feel empowered and in your power, as you are being authentic and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and transparent is, it is a superpower. It really, really is. And we need that.
0: Yeah you just said me being a man, I didn't even think about it that way. Cause I never seen my, I always see myself as I'm a human being until you said that, you know, and it's interesting and I can see where that point's coming from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I see things in, in, as far as like energy. Right. So um, and a lot of what you had discussed in your false life, right. Was you were very much in your masculine, right. Yes. And it's clear that you identify as a man, right? Mm -hmm. So I know you identify as a human. I identify as a human being too. But but I believe that we all are made up of the masculine and the feminine energies, right? So, um, and I do feel that especially those who are more dominant in their masculine energies um, and are really struggling with how to really create that balance, it's really important for them to Mm -hmm. see the easing off of the push.
0: Yes right, yes, absolutely,
1: um, because part of the masculine energy is that driving things forward, you know, and always absolutely. wanting to you know leave that legacy and do 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 and show up and 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 be seen and and um be in control and 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 all of that um and especially when it's in the lower vibration, you know there are some other stuff that we uh you know it it doesn't serve us, it doesn't serve anyone right, so to embrace that quality of just that pause that being comfortable with things as they are and that knowing of like I am I am all Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. I am all things and I am also okay as things continue to come into my life yes um and and I love your gratitude practice because I think that that is so so important, and and um, my friend Amberly Amberly Lago, she, you know, she says that gratitude is alchemy, and I completely agree.
0: Yeah, um, Tim is Tim has shared this with me, and he says one must fill the gaps with grace.
1: Yes, I I really hadn't listened to too much of um, Tim's story until recently, and oh my gosh, he is just oh. He he's just prophetic and he is grace. He really is. Like if I were to describe, you know, if I were to have to pick one word, I would say grace because he's just got this um, very kind, connected, present way about him um, in the interviews that I've watched. And um, I'm hoping one day I'll be able to talk with him myself. You
0: never never know. You know what? Uh, And that's the beauty about when we're at higher vibration levels. Um, you just never know, you know, and that's the beauty about this. And that, that's, that's the thing i take, I take pride in is that my network and those that I, I really have that tight vibration with like yourself, the, my friends are your friends and, mm-hmm. and, and there's a responsibility, there's a privilege with that. When I, mm-hmm. when I can, when, when Tim says I'm your friend, there's a privilege with that, but with great privilege comes great responsibility. Yeah. Right. And so, um, And it's powerful, like just being in these rooms and the way people talk. I mean, he was telling me Quincy Jones, for example, told Tim when Tim tells me, hey, you're Canada's number one mindset, uh, mindset investor. Quincy Jones introduces Tim as the voice. He introduced him as the pop prophet. I mean, it's which which is what he is. Yes. Right. He
1: really is. He really is, yeah. Especially like knowing his story from a very young age. He was just he just he just decided and he chose his own path. He was just carving his own path from a very very young age.
0: Yeah, and and you know, and we talked about we talked about this extensively. Is like he was born, you know, in an era uh, of of being colored, so he had a bad hand. Okay, most people say, oh, bad hand, fold the hand. Um, Then he's born in Compton bad hand. Then his father is, is, is killed in a, in a motor vehicle accident, single mother, bad hand. Mm. But you could see how he just played the odds. He made his own luck.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so perfect because I think Mm -hmm. it's so important for us to see the living examples. This is why I love doing these podcasts because it's like, we're able to really talk and really just share the living examples as to how we can, how Mm -hmm. we can, you know, Um, I think that breathing hope into people's lives is so important now more than ever. And the best way to be able to do that is to use the word, right? And the other, and the first and most important is what you, what you're doing and what, what I also do is invest in yourself, empty your vessel every single day, clean your spirit, work with yourself, be in the practice of being prepared. You never know. You just be in the practice of being prepared. Right. So, um, I just, the time has flown as always and Mark it's just been so wonderful getting to know you and just hearing more about your life. Um, I would love to have you back again for sure and have well. another conversation. I think that we could definitely get into the whole neuroplasticity aspect because I was looking at some of your YouTube videos and, and I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> we could <can> really <laughs> go down the rabbit hole there because that's Absolutely. one of my passions too. But I just want to thank you so much. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that we connected and oh um, now that we are part of one, other's, one another's journey. Sure.
0: Uh, I have a question for you though. Yeah. How can I best serve you?
1: Well, thank you. Um well, you just did by being on my podcast and sharing. I think that one of the best things is to just continue to be who you are and to serve. Um, but for me, continue to stick around. Okay. Right? Yeah. I I I look forward to us co-creating whatever is meant to be universally between the two of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. Well,
0: if there's anything I could do for you, please let me know.
1: Oh, thank you. And you as well. Thank you again. Once again, uh, they can, people can find you on Instagram. Right. Uh, and we'll put your link below as far as your website. And also, you have an ebook that people can download as well, right?
0: That's right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you once again. So grateful you. that you were here today and much peace and love to you.
0: Likewise. And I will say one last thing to you though. Yeah. Um, so on the spiritual side, so, you know, there's a, and I just learned about this. And um, so, you know, in the, in the Hindi language, they say namaste. So we say namaste a lot, a lot of people like I've never said, it. I'm, I'm going to say it to you right now, I've never actually said it to someone. And what I found is when someone says namaste to someone you're bowing, it mean, the meaning is you're bowing down to their spirit. Mm-hmm. So you are an amazing. So namaste. So thank you so much.
1: Oh my goodness. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay.